in this moment, we open our hearts and our minds to you, Jesus. to be spoken, God. For you are holy, holy. Are you Lord God almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb, for you are holy, holy, are you? title of my message today is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Our relationship with Christ, our walk of faith, our life as disciples is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Our worship unto the Lord, our heart's posture unto Jesus is not a feeling. I know that sometimes that can be confusing because we come into these rooms, we come into these atmospheres, and we do have strong feelings. We feel the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it brings us to tears. Sometimes it makes us happy. It gives us joy. Sometimes it just overwhelms our emotions, right? And that's awesome, and the Holy Spirit is amazing. And when we are able to be close to him and be comforted and feel that, those are great things. But our daily walk with Jesus, our daily commitment unto him, our practical faith is not based upon feelings. I hear Christians a lot of times, I hear Christians walk around and say, you know, I'm just not feeling it today. I'm just not feeling it today. I say it sometimes. Oh, man, I just... We just had midweek DSM trip to hell. I did a quince last night. I'm just, uh, I got to preach this. I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it. And I'm here to tell you, church, <laughs> that your calling is not a feeling. Your calling is not a feeling. Who you've been called to be, who God has called you to be, is not a feeling. Don't get it twisted because this world will teach you otherwise. If it doesn't make you happy, if it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't bring you joy, don't do it. If this thing isn't serving you, run away from it. But I'm telling you today, serving the Lord, being a good servant, being disciplined, being a disciple is not a feeling. Because feelings change. 
Feelings change. We go up, we go down, we go around, we go all over the place with how we feel. And they're amazing. God gave us feelings. They're a part of who we are so that we can connect with other people and understand and have empathy. And those are so important, but it cannot determine how we walk in our faith. Feelings cannot determine if we are going to wake up and choose to serve God or not. The way somebody makes you feel cannot determine whether or not you're going to bless them. Because if we go by our feelings, it might last for a little while. If you wake up, if you're anything like me, you're like, man, I don't feel like working out today. (laughs) I don't feel like working out today. I don't feel like getting up and going to that gym. You know what I do feel like is eating those cookies. (laughs) If Pastor Troy is donuts, I like cookies. Look. I do feel like eating those cookies. I do feel like sitting on this couch all day and watching this show. I do feel like kicking my feet up. I don't feel like waking up and working out. I don't feel like being disciplined. And when we go off of those feelings, you'll get get a little bit down the road, right? You You might ride on your feelings a little bit. You'll feel good, feel happy, feel satisfied. And then all of a sudden... You see a picture of yourself on Facebook. Who photoshopped that picture of me? Then you realize it's somebody who could have never even worked Photoshop. You're like, that's real? No. No, that can't be me. That can't be me in that, (laughs) looking like that. What happened? I was letting my feelings guide me. I was living off the direction of how I felt. I was living off of my heart, right? Follow your heart. We talked about it. The heart is deceitful above all things. This world tells you, follow your heart. Oh, no, no, no. Your heart will have you appalled by who you see on Facebook in a couple weeks. (laughs) Your feelings only take you so far. Your feelings can only get you so far. And after a while, if that's the only thing that's satisfying you, if the only thing you're good at is making yourself feel good, I say it almost every message, but it needs to be said, you are in bondage. If the only thing you can make yourself do is feel good, you're in bondage. You are a slave to your desires. And so today, I want to break it down and really get into it and and really depict how Jesus showed us that following him and living according to our calling that he's given us is not a feeling. It's not work coming into this room and feeling awesome after worship. Because what happens when you step out of these doors and the real world hits you? It gets real, right? Life gets real. So my verse today to start off is Luke 9, 23. It says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. You have to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow him. That doesn't mean put a little cross necklace on. That doesn't mean post a little scripture verse on Facebook or Instagram, whatever you do. It means that you have to deny how you feel. 
It means you have to look at yourself and say, man, I'm physically tired, I'm emotionally hurt, I'm spiritually drained, and I'm going to deny all of that, and I'm going to pick up that cross, and I'm going to follow what he's told me to do. I'm going to pick up my cross. I'm going to live according to this word. I don't feel like reading another word in this book, but I don't care how I feel. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick up my cross. Why? Because I want to be a disciple. I want to be a disciple. I want to be a servant. I want to be able to bring heaven unto earth each and every day in every circle. I want to bring this to life. But to be able to do that, we have to deny ourselves. When he says pick up our cross picking up our cross. You know what Jesus did on that cross? You know what it cost? It's everything. It cost everything. And I'm going to try to get through this message without bawling my eyes out, but man, I don't know if I have the energy not to today because I preached the same thing at DSM and and this this is a plug for our youth ministry. If you don't have your kids here every Thursday, they're missing out. They're missing out. We had 65. Yeah, give a hand for all our DSM students. Listen, we had 65 kids here last Thursday, and I preached the same message word for word. And at the end of the message, they all came up here at this altar and laid it down before Jesus. And I'm telling you, do not miss this opportunity. Parents, get your kids here. Seventh through 12th grade, get them here. Because we're giving them the word. This isn't any different. Like I said, this message was on Thursday. It's the same exact message. Word for word. We're not giving out kids' meals. It's no kids' meals coming out of here. It's the truth and nothing but the truth. Every single thing. Everything that comes from here. So don't miss that opportunity. Don't miss that opportunity. Get your your 7th through 12th grader. Get your student here. But listen... We have to pick up our cross daily. And I'm not saying that it's easy. It's hard. And some days we're not going to do a good job. Some days we're not going to win. Some days you're going to leave your cross sitting on the ground and you're going to keep it moving. Be real. There's going to be days where we fail. But his mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every single morning. And so today I'm telling you that if you have left your cross on the ground, if you've gone some days, if you've gone some months, if you've even gone some years, it's time to pick it up today and say, you know what? I'm not going to live by how I feel. I'm going to live by what the word of God says and who he's called me to be. Because you know you're called. Every single person in here, if you believe that, if you you know you are called, let me hear you. Clap your hands. Make some noise. If you know you've been called, okay. If you know you've been called, you have to confirm that. You have to confirm that calling each and every day. Because the enemy will try to distract you. The enemy will try to lie to you like you were talking about early in our pre-service. The enemy will try to do every single thing he can to whisper in your ear that you are not that calling. But you have to confirm it every day. Every single day. You have to. Because it's not easy. Our flesh gets tired. Our flesh gets hurt. Our spirit gets drained. But we have to confirm it each and every day. And in 2 Peter 1, we're going to start on verse 5. Peter talks about how you confirm your calling. How do you confirm your calling? Because this is a daily process. 
You don't ever stop with this. I don't care if you just became a Christian yesterday or if you've been a Christian for 50 years. This has to happen every single day because if it doesn't, you're going to stumble. And that's why you see your favorite TV pastor, your favorite worship leader, your favorite person that you thought was just so holy stumble. Because it didn't happen every single day. Because if it did, they wouldn't stumble. Because if they did, if this was growing in measure, you'll see how this verse puts it, but if it's growing in measure each and every day, you're not going to stumble. You'll make mistakes, yes. But when you see major TV pastors, amazing people, spiritual leaders, you're like, how could they have done that? How could they fall so far? It's because they didn't pick that cross up. Because how they felt started to outweigh their calling. And this didn't happen each and every day. In 2 Peter, it says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Before we go any further, make every effort to add to your faith. Make every effort to add to your faith. Every effort. Every single morning, before you pick that phone up, before you walk away, make every effort to add to your faith. It has to be number one priority. Because we've been called to be his children. We've been called to sit at his feet and look at his face. But this world distracts us from that. This world distracts us from the fact that we have been called to look at his face and be so close to him that we can hear his voice in such clarity that we can be obedient and bring heaven unto earth. That's what you've been called to do. But you have to make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And to goodness, Add knowledge. Where does knowledge come from? This. Be good to people. Have faith. Add knowledge. Know this word. Write these scriptures on your heart. Know it. Because when the enemy comes around, you have to know it. When life comes and punches you in the face, you have to know it. Without the knowledge of this, the enemy will be able to lie to you and you're going to believe it. And this isn't a one-time fix. This is a daily, daily, every single day. A daily pursuit. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. This is an everyday pursuit. It doesn't matter. Because the enemy's not going to quit just because you reached a certain level. Oh, you, congratulations, you've been a Christian for 20 years. I'm going to leave you alone now. Ah, uh, Wrong. <laughs> think the devil cares how long you've believed in Jesus for? Stop it. If you think for one second that he's going to quit because you reached some achievement, you're wrong. He's never going to stop. He's never going to quit lying to you. You have to add knowledge. And to knowledge, add self-control. In Jesus' name, everybody say self-control. And then self-control, add perseverance. Perseverance. James 1, 2 through 4, count it all as joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face persecutions of many kind, because it'll build perseverance. It'll allow you to hold on when things get hard. It'll allow you to maintain your faith. It'll allow you to root yourself in him. Goes on to say, let perseverance mature you and complete you. Let perseverance be the thing that completes you and makes you a mature Christian. We have to have perseverance. To perseverance, we have to add godliness. 
You won't know what that's talking about unless you read this book. (laughs) To godliness, add mutual affection, caring about other people. And to mutual affection, add love. Love. Love for the people that hate you. Love for the people that hurt you. Love for the people that treat you like garbage. Love for the people that have that opinion that is in opposition of yours. Have to love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, everybody say increasing measure. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Increasing measure. Every day, you got to work on those. Every single day. Because if you don't, you're going to stumble. If you don't, your calling that used to burn so bright in your mind, that used to be your main focus, will slowly grow dim. And the things of this world will take precedence. The things that you have to get done, your checklist, your busy schedule, your relationships, the things that make you feel good, those are the things that will take the place of where you were supposed to be in your calling. If these things are not increasing in measure, it's daily. Nobody's off the hook. They have to increase in measure. Verse 10 says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Increasing measure. And that's not to say you're not going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have hard times. You're going to struggle. But if these things are growing in you in increasing measure, the way you stumble won't look the same as how the world stumbles. The way you trip a little bit will cause you, the Holy Spirit will be there to pick you back up. If you are rooted in this, if you are growing these things in yourself in increasing measure, that is what I want you to go home saying today in your mind, increasing measure, increasing measure. Holy Spirit, please help me to grow these things in my life in increasing measure. I need them. I need them. I can't do it without you. Help me to get closer to you. Help me to add knowledge. Help me to have self-control, perseverance, love, godliness, mutual understanding, goodness. Allow those things to grow in me in increasing measure for the challenges that lay ahead. I need them. Because the challenges will come. But we have to be rooted. That's why it says we have to confirm our calling. We know we're called. You know it. But you got to confirm it each and every day. You got to confirm it because our minds are feeble. Our flesh is weak. We get, we get distracted so easily. And those lies start to creep in. That's not who you are. That stuff isn't real. It was only a feeling. It was only a feeling what you experienced at church on Sunday. Now you feel differently. Now you feel sad. So that means you're done. It can't be a feeling. Our convictions have to be stronger. Our convictions have to be stronger than anything. You can give me my next one. Our convictions have to be greater 
greater than the opinions of others, greater than our situations, greater than the lies of the enemy that will come against you and try to tell you that's not who you are, that's not who you've been called to be. You can't be that person. Our convictions have to be stronger. When the world comes against you and tries to say, no, that's not true, you have to say, yes, it is. My calling is confirmed. I have these qualities in increasing measure. I know who I am. My calling is confirmed. I'm not worried about what you have to say. You can sit here and call me crazy. You can sit here and not agree with me. You can oppose me. You can slander me. You can do whatever you want. But who I know I have been called to be and who I know he is is stronger than anything you could say or do. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Amen? You have to confirm your calling each and every day because the Lord, listen, his call is irrevocable. That verse is under that, I believe. Yes, for God's gifts and his calls are irrevocable. Romans eleven twenty nine. Once he says your name, ain't no going back. Once he says your name, is it, sorry, you've been called. And you can run, you can try to hide, you can drown yourself in whatever this world has for you, but you're going to feel his call. You're going to feel that conviction. And if you're close to him, even when you start to stumble a little bit, even when you start to stumble and trip, he won't let you fall. Can I be real with you all for a second? Two years ago, I had a tragedy strike my life. First and foremost, let me say this. I was never going to be a preacher. And I vocally said that for my entire life. I know it's kind of ironic, but listen, <laughs> you can ask every, anybody who is close to me, you can ask them. I, I, I got brought, now it's going, so hold on, we'll rewind a little bit more. It's going on four years now that I got brought to be our youth pastor here at this church. And when I got brought on to do it, I told my parents, I told God, told the Holy Spirit, I will not be preaching. I said, I'll lead small groups. I'll help organize events. I'll even, you know, take kids out to lunch and tell them Jesus loves them. I'll do all of that stuff, but I will not be here doing this. I'm not going to do it. It's not going to happen. I told them that. Layla remembers. <laughs> I told my parents, it's not going to happen, just so you know. Cool. So, <laughs> a couple years go by. This is years. I, I was adamant about this. A couple years go by, and we're getting ready to do this retreat, and the Holy Spirit was starting to lead me in this direction. I was getting closer to him, closer and closer and closer. These things were growing in me in increasing measure. His word was growing. I was getting closer, and I remember this retreat was coming up, and I said, you know, God, Okay, I, I think I could speak at this retreat. So I put myself on the schedule to preach at our youth retreat that was coming up. And this was two years ago, and, and I remember the day before it was time to go to the youth retreat, I got the news that my closest friend and my dog had both been murdered. And I just remember being so crushed and being just broken completely. I've received pictures of just gruesome graphic things and I remember having to go to that retreat 
and understand that I needed, to, I needed this to be good. I needed this retreat to go off without a hitch. We had like 70 kids coming. I was like, we have to make this good. So I didn't have time to like mourn. I didn't have time to grieve. I didn't have time to even think about all that going on. I had to do this retreat. And I remember going to this retreat. All these new kids were coming. All these new kids were showing up. And <laughs> it was Layla's last retreat. And I say that because Layla is my favorite all-time greatest student ever. I say that to, my, to this day, she's my favorite. But we had these new kids coming, and a couple of them were significant, and I'll get to that. But during that time, I was like, man, God, I don't want to preach. But I went up there and preached, and it was horrible. You can ask Layla. <laughs> Layla and David will tell you to this day it was the worst message they've ever heard. And that's okay. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was preaching on James 1, which I just memorized. Like, I know it now. But it was horrible. It's a horrible message. I didn't do good. Two weeks go by, and those lies start to creep into my head. I got through the retreat, but I was just feeling empty. I was feeling broken. I was feeling tired. And I remember I began to think just lies. This isn't who I am. This isn't who I've been called to be. This isn't where God is trying to lead me. And I started to be led by my feelings instead of my calling. And I started to make plans in my head. I said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. So I'm about to just ride this out until the end of the year. I said, I'm going to wait because my sister was still in DSM Precious. And I was like, I'm going to wait and I'll still, you know, be over it. I'll still do it. But once she graduates, I'm out of here. Like, I'm done. This was Layla's last retreat. I'm like, my favorite's getting out of here. Like, what's the point of even being here anymore? So I was like, I'm going to be finished. I'm going to be done. And even during this year, I'm going to start to just act a little bit according to how I feel. I'm going to just party a little bit. I'm going to go out with my friends. I'm going to hit up some of these ladies that I probably shouldn't be talking to. I'm going <laughs> to plan to, you know, drink a little bit follow whatever makes me feel good for a little while. And I'm just going to ride this out and be done. At the end of the year, I'm finished. When Precious is graduated, I'm done. And I kid you not, that day when I started thinking like that, that day when I started thinking like that, we had a DSM meeting, and afterwards we went to Swenson's, and these two kids that had come on the retreat the day when I found out about my friend and my dog dying, these two kids named Adam and David, who you guys know, came up to me after while we were eating food. They said, you know, Pastor JB, how do you stay pure as a Christian? How do you, how do you? <laughs> as David walks into the room, they say, Pastor JB, <laughs> as, as a young adult man, how do you stay pure and not entertain ungodly relationships and have sex outside of marriage and, and you know, drink and, and party and smoke? And like, like, how do you do that? <laughs> we see Paul say in 2 Corinthians, <laughs> so I wouldn't get too conceited. The Spirit gave me a thorn in my flesh. <laughs> That's where I was. I was going based on how I felt. 
I was being conceited. I was being cocky. I was being prideful enough to think that I could control and make a plan on how my future was going to go, how my life was going to go, how it was going to be, how I could have control over my calling. I could say, you know what? At the end of this year, I'm done. This is how I'm going to live up until this point. This is how I'm going to go. I was in control. But up until that point, I was growing in measure. And so I didn't fall. The Holy Spirit sent them. Asked me about the things that I was thinking, word for word. Asked me about them in order, how I was thinking about them. How do you not do that? How do you be a good leader and preach? They didn't know what was going on in my life. They didn't know I was broken, I was sad. So how do you keep and maintain who you are in your calling? And church, I'm here to tell you, that's what the Holy Spirit will do for you. Even if you start to fail, even if you start to be led by your feelings, if those things are in you in growing measure, you're not going to fall very far. If those are in your heart, if you make every effort, if you make every effort every single day to grow in your faith, to add to your faith, to confirm your calling, you're not going to be able to fall very far where he won't grab you. Where he won't send an Adam and David to say, hey, ask him about those things that are in his head that he's struggling with right now. And it changed my life. Changed my life. That was it. I haven't thought like that ever since. <laughs> that was it. It's been two years. That was two years ago. And when that happens, when you have that relationship, when the Holy Spirit calls you, when he speaks to you, you don't question anymore. You don't question anymore. Stop saying that stuff. I'm not going to be a preacher, okay? Like, you're going to do what I say. And if you don't do what I say, the next time you start thinking crazy, I'm going to send somebody, and they're going to say exactly what you're thinking. I'm not playing with God. <laughs> I'm not playing with him. But he puts you on a path. He'll put you on a path, and he'll confirm your calling, and he will take you to greatness. He will take you to that place that you need to go. But you have to be willing. You have to be willing to say, I'm going to die to myself every day. I'm going to pick up this cross every day. Lord, I see your sanctification as a gift unto us. Lord, I see your, the sanctification that you provide through your cross as a gift. Not a burden, a gift. I'm going to add to this in growing measure each and every day. I want to get closer to you. Take how I feel. Take it, please. I want to get closer to you. We see Jesus give us a perfect example. We see Jesus tell us multiple times in his word. But then he shows us. That's what Jesus does. If you didn't know that, he'll tell you, but then he'll show you. And the way Jesus shows you is so extreme that anything that you and I could go through would never compare. The way that he gives us a blueprint, the way that he shows us by example. I don't know about you, but I like to be led by example. Don't tell me to come up here and worship from the back of the room. Don't tell me how to live if you're doing the same exact thing. It's a standard I hold our youth leaders to. Don't you dare talk to these kids if you're not living holy. 
Get out. Don't do it. Don't do it. We don't need it. We just don't. That's not how Jesus lived. That's not how he taught us. He gives us the example. But we see Jesus and the disciples. We see them have the Last Supper. And I I love that we focus so much on the crucifixion. It's amazing. It's beautiful. He died for us. He died for our sins. But the before is so powerful. What happened leading up to it? is where he gives us this example of looking at how you feel, throwing it away and doing what you've been called to do. We see Jesus go to the Garden of Gethsemane. His disciples and him go into the garden, and I'm just going to read it. Is that okay if I read it from the Bible? Amen. So it says, then Jesus went with his disciple to a place called Gethsemane. This is in Matthew, Matthew 26, 41. If you want to read, read it later, I highly encourage you to. Jesus says to them, sit there while I go over there and pray. Then he told him how he felt. He told him how he felt. Because Jesus was human. Jesus was human. He was the word made flesh. He was the son of God, but he was a man. Just like you, just like me, he was human. He felt things. He wasn't this like impervious, bulletproof, walking superhero. He was a man. He felt pain. He felt emotions. And he did that because he had to show us that it's possible. He did that because he had to show us that it's possible to walk through this life like he did. But he told us how he felt. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. To the point of death. This is how I'm feeling. It says he went for a little further and he began to pray. And he said, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. He said, God, if there's another way for this to happen, please take it from me. But even if there isn't, may your will be done. He said, I'm in anguish to the point of death. It said that his sweat turned to blood because of the anguish that he was in. Why? Because he knew it was coming. He knew he, was, he knew that he was getting ready to be mocked. He knew that he was getting ready to be beaten. He knew that the people that he came to die for were going to grab a whip with pieces of metal and bone and glass, whip him with it 39 times, tearing the flesh off of his skin, tearing the flesh off of his body to the point where you could see his bones. He knew that he was going to get spat on. He knew. He knew that they were going to take a crown of thorns and drive it into his skull. They were going to take a king's scepter and beat him over the head with it. He knew that he was going to have to pick up a cross and walk down the street in humiliation in front of a crowd. He knew He knew they were going to take his arms and nail him to it. Not in his hands like we see in the pictures, but here on his wrists 
where there's a tendon that goes up to your shoulder so that the only way he could support himself was by holding his back muscles up that would cause excruciating pain. On a cross that was meant for slaves, they didn't even kill people of any type of status on a cross. He was going to receive the lowest form of humiliation, the lowest form of brokenness. He was going to do it. He knew. He said, Father, please. He was a man. He said, God, please, if there's any other way, please. You see how I feel right now? Please. But if there's not, even if there's not, may your will be done. He went back to his disciples and he saw them sleeping. And this is us. He said, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? He goes on to say, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He said, couldn't you just stay up with me for one hour? Your spirit's willing. Church, your spirit is willing. Your spirit is willing to be who you've been called to be. Your spirit is willing to be the Christian that God has called you to be. Your spirit is willing to bring heaven into earth. Your spirit is willing to be free from bondage. Your spirit is willing to be disciplined. But your flesh is weak. Your flesh is weak. We see these disciples that were with Jesus. They saw him perform miracles. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him do all of these things. They knew. They saw the transfiguration. They knew he was the word made flesh. They knew. Firsthand, they knew. And they fell asleep. He said, can't you just stay up with me for one hour? And that's a word to the people in this room, a word of caution. It doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing this. It doesn't matter how long you've known that Jesus is Jesus. If you are not growing in increasing measure, each and every day, you will fall asleep. And he is asking the church right now to stay awake with me. So we can't take it lightly. There is no achievement that stops that says, I made it. No, the disciples knew him. They were there. And they fell asleep. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. You have to acknowledge that. You have to acknowledge that, Jesus, I need you. My flesh is weak. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I am nothing without you. My spirit, my flesh is nothing. I can't do it. I need you. He said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into the temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed. He said, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. He's showing us. He's showing us how it works. My father. No matter how much I feel in opposition, no matter how much my flesh is in opposition, 
may your will be done. Even though I'm here bleeding, I'm, I'm sweating blood, even though I know what's about to happen, may your will be done. He came back again and he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed a third time saying the same thing. Another one of the gospels, it says that God sent an angel to give him peace in that moment. Gave him peace. He didn't say he gave him a numbing pill. He said he gave him peace. It's not going to be easy. It might hurt. But if you are obedient, if you confirm your calling, if you grow and measure the word of God in your heart each and every day, and you say, Lord, your will be done, he'll give you peace. You might feel it, but he'll give you peace. And you can do it. Your spirit is willing. Your spirit's willing. Your flesh is weak. When you deny it, he'll give you peace. After he prayed the third time, he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Here comes my betrayer. Jesus showed us. He showed us how it's done. He showed us that no matter how much physically, and I close with this, he showed us that how much physically we are feeling like we don't want to do it. How emotionally broken, how spiritually drained. He showed us each and every one of those steps with extreme circumstance. He knew that he was about to be physically crushed. He was about to be destroyed, his flesh torn. His head beaten. He knew that he was about to be emotionally attacked. People mocking him. A disciple that was supposed to be his brother betraying him. He was going to be emotionally hurt. He knew that he was spiritually drained. God had to say, I'm sorry, my son, but you're going to have to deal with this. God turned his back. He felt spiritually alone. Spiritually alone. Physically broken. Emotionally hurt. All of those feelings. And he said, may your will be done. He showed us what it takes. He showed us how it goes. And church, that's what he's saying to you today. Say, this is how it's done. You're my disciples. He's asking you, the Lord is asking you, and he's pulling on your heart, and he's saying, can you just stay awake? Can you just give me an hour? Can you keep watch and pray? Just an hour? The Lord is saying, I know you're busy. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on. I know that your schedule is full. But could you just stay awake with me for an hour? I know you have a lot of friends. I know your kids have a busy schedule. 
I know that you're tired. I know that you're physically drained. I know that somebody in here might feel spiritually gone and finished. He's saying, can you please, can you just put aside how you feel? Can you just put aside how you feel just for a second? Can you take this calling that I've placed upon your life? Can you take this calling I've given you and deny how you feel? Deny your emotions for a second. Deny that schedule for a minute. Can you put your phone down for a second and pick this up for me? Can you allow this word to be increasing measure in your heart? He said, I showed you how it's done and none of you are going to have to go through that. But it's possible because your spirit is willing. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And so today, as we get ready to close, I just want everybody to stand to your feet. The Lord is calling you. Jesus has called you. He's called you. He's called you to pray and keep watch so you don't fall into temptation. He's called you to have this in growing measure so that you don't stumble the way this world stumbles. We have to be willing to deny how we feel, to deny our flesh, to say, God, my relationship with you is not a feeling, it's a choice. My relationship with you is not a feeling, this is a choice. Each and every day. And so today, before we leave this room, if you are willing if you're willing to say, I'm done letting feelings dictate my relationship, I'm committed to growing this each and every day, to pursue this in growing measure each and every day. If you take that commitment today, I want to give us time to come to this altar just like we did on Thursday. Lay down how you feel at his feet. Lay down how you feel at his feet. Anything you've been carrying around, any animosity towards somebody, anything that is standing between you, any insecurity, anything that was standing in between you and his heart, anything that's been distracting you, anything that's been hindering you, I want you to symbolically step out and say, Lord, I'm putting it down at your feet. I'm putting it down at this altar. I'm putting it down at your feet. And I'm saying, I don't care about how I feel. I just want you. I just want you. How I feel doesn't matter. I'm picking up my cross. I'm picking up my cross and I'm going to do what I've been called to do. 
no matter how old of a Christian you are, how young of a Christian you are, immature, mature, any of that, it doesn't matter. I want to give you that invitation to come and lay it at his feet. You can come now and I'm going to pray over you as you do. as these people are laying there how they feel down at this altar as the people in this room are laying down how they feel right now that you are speaking to them in their spirit and telling them they are called they have been called I feel the Holy Spirit saying you have dominion over your flesh you have dominion over your flesh. That thing that has hindered you, that thing that has held you back, those feelings that have stopped you, that fatigue, that feeling of emotional pain, that feeling of spiritual emptiness that has bound you is no longer there. The Holy Spirit is saying your spirit is willing. It's time to kick the flesh out of the way. It's time to lay the flesh down and kick it out of the way because he is ready to use you. 
Jesus is filling this room right now. Jesus is filling the hearts of each believer in this room right now. If you receive that, just put your hands up to heaven right now. If you are receiving the calling from heaven right now that says, Lord, I am going to lay down my flesh. I am laying down how I feel. This relationship between you and I, Jesus, has nothing to do with the way that I feel. This relationship between you and I has nothing to do with how tired I am, God. This relationship between you and me comes first and I will increase in measure your word upon my heart each and every day God I am committing my life right now if that is you right now raise your hands up to heaven say I am committing my life right now Jesus I will stay awake I will stay awake with you father I will pray I will keep watch I will fill your words in my heart each and every day Jesus because I know you are the only one that can sustain me you are the only one one that can bring change. You are the only one that can heal. You are the only one that gives peace, Father. I recognize that I am poor in spirit, Jesus, and I need you. I need you, Jesus. I need you. I need you above all things. Nothing else matters, only you. Take this world. Take this world. Take how I feel. I'm done being led with how I feel. I don't care. Holy Spirit, strengthen us each and every day to run to your word first, to run to you first, to indulge in bringing heaven into earth, to indulge in seeing lives transform God. Holy Spirit, I just pray (laughs) that this room will be strengthened, God. I pray strength over this room, supernatural strength supernatural strength that in those moments when they feel pain in those moments when they feel tired in those moments where they feel hurt Jesus that they will be drawn to you even closer Lord we know we are blessed when we mourn because we will be comforted by you Lord, I just pray the comforting arms of heaven are being wrapped around this room right now. The arms in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is saying, you can lay it down. You could be, you're safe. You're safe. Lay it down. That anger you've been holding on to, lay it down. That hate that you think is sustaining you, that animosity that you've been using to fuel your life, lay it down. You can let it go. He said, you're blessed. You're blessed when you let it go and you say, your will be done. He's sending peace right now. He's sending peace right now. You don't got to be tough. You don't got to hold on to it. Let him wrap his arms around you. With every eye closed, we say, Jesus, abide in our praises. Be the Lord of our lives. We commit unto you each and every day. We will pray and keep watch. We will stay awake with you, Jesus.
put nothing before you. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we sing that one more time together? take as much time as you need up here like I said at the beginning of this we led by the spirit we work on his time he doesn't work on ours so you take as much time as you need up here if you need prayer we can get you prayer but take as much time as you need at this altar spend time in his presence I pray that the word of God will grow in your hearts each and every day the qualities of heaven will grow in increasing measure in your life. And that you will remember that this is not a feeling. Our worship isn't a feeling. Our message is unto God. Our life unto God is not a feeling. It is a choice. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak, but you have dominion over that flesh through the power of Jesus Christ. Live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We'll see you next time.